In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life-Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, Brian, just before we got on air, Brian prayed for us, and he asked the Lord for to give us understanding. And because what's going on right now in Afghanistan and other places in the world, we don't always get. But listen to this proverb that that kind of goes with that. Listen to these words from the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Folks, we're going to talk about veterans and Afghanistan veterans and refugees and Many things today, but let me give you some statistics. At least 2,433 service members gave their lives in Afghanistan. Over 3,800 contractors and DOD civilians are dead. 47,000 Afghan citizens and roughly 66,000 Afghan military and police have died. And 1,144 Allied troops have perished. More than 30,000 service members and veterans of the post-9-11 conflicts have died by suicide. More than four times the number of combat deaths. Wow. With the help of our allies, the Taliban was overthrown shortly after the September 11th attacks in 2001. Here we are 20 years later, and the Taliban controls Afghanistan again. The pain and confusion of this war and its bitter end can leave us wondering if is there really a God? And if there truly is, is he in control? Well, guess what? We know the good news, that Jesus has triumphed over evil, that he is coming back for those who believe, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Wow. That's some powerful, powerful stuff. We want to talk about that. And of course, to to get us going to To get us started, here to get us going today, to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you, man. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. You know, there's really not anyone that I personally know, I'm sure there are some out there, certainly in the Washington metro area, but probably not a lot, who don't know someone personally who've been impacted through what has happened in Afghanistan, whether it's a civilian contractor, whether it is a family member, whether they themselves have served and done so much. And in the midst of all that is going on, uh, there is grief without a doubt. But there's this moment uh, that I often mention when I find myself at a place to talk with people at the end of life that talks about this, Mm -hmm. is that we do not grieve as people without hope. Amen. And this is an appropriate time to say that again. Grief is here and it's real and it's strong and it's powerful. But because of the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done through the cross and his resurrection for sin, death and the grave, 
We do not grieve without hope. And so we want to talk about some difficult things today, but we also want to talk about the hope that we can provide through the help of Jesus Christ to so many people who are going through this. And our guest in studio today is Stephen Rodriguez. He's a managing partner of One Defense and investor at Refinery Ventures. And Dennis, much like many of our guests, I could spend the next three or four minutes giving their bio because they are much more <laughs> distinguished than you and I are. So amen, let me just say, he's got a whole lot of background and a whole lot of areas in the capacity of uh, U.S. intelligence, game theory, Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, and over and over and on. One of my favorite things is he was a lead architect for something called Thor's Hammer. And uh, anyone who's a Marvel fan gets that reference, but I, I don't think it has to do with the exact same thing. But currently, <laughs> he serves as a board director or a board advisor of 10 venture-backed companies. He's also the senior advisor of the Atlantic Council and a life member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He received a bachelor's degree from Texas A&M, a master's of arts degree from Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. He is published in Foreign Policy, War on the Rocks, National Review, and Real Clear Defense. Uh, he resides in Washington, D.C. with his wife, Laura. She's also a venture capitalist with Bulldog Innovation Group, and they have three children, Fletcher, Violet, and Pierce. And thanks again uh, for joining us, Stephen. Uh, you know, Brian, it's kind of a shame that he yeah. didn't get to go to very good schools, man. Yeah. He just yeah. went to, I mean, come on. What a <laughs> shame. Exactly. Stephen, bless oh, your we, heart, we, buddy. Long-time <laughs> listeners, Stephen, are going to know that this is where Dennis usually plugs Emory University, where he went. So that's a different story. Well, well as, as we, we like to say that uh, Emory is the uh, Texas A&M of Georgia. Well, there you go. See, you're now officially. God bless your heart, side. man. God bless your heart. Well, uh, Stephen, none of us have been at a lack of information uh, from news sure. outlets about what's happening in Afghanistan. But sometimes what we hear on the news isn't so accurate. And I recognize some people may even look at us here at Good News of the City as uh, being the news uh, but the news that we are is about the gospel. So for, for people who may not be fully caught up, could you just give us a quick summary of what's happened in Afghanistan? Well, it's great to be on the show. Uh, I'd like to thank my longtime uh, mentor and good friend, Howie Levin, who runs yeah. uh, One Heart DC. Uh, he is uh, truly a, uh, a, a patriot and also a, a huge, huge blessing to this entire region. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd like to thank him for <clears throat> introducing me to you guys. I got to say this morning I woke up, uh, I've got, as you noted, three young kids. And so I, I tend to wake up uh, earlier than I would like. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, heard the youngest one uh, rustling, rustling around the house and uh, checked my phone. And I had three different uh, LinkedIn messages uh, related to Afghanistan. One of them said, do not get on a certain bus uh, from a certain hotel to the airport. It's a trap by the Taliban. Another one said, uh, do you, you know, would you be interested in funding or paying or invest, you know, not investing, but uh, donating to a flight? Another one said, I have a flight on the tarmac ready to go. Do you know any families? And in some ways, it kind of encapsulated the frustration, confusion, if I'm being honest, the um, outright anger uh, that so many of us feel towards what, what, what's happening in a country that has dominated most of our lives uh, uh, since 2001. You know, I, I started my uh, career uh, here in D.C. On, on July 9, 2001, you know, back when, you know, Northern Virginia felt pretty sleepy. And, of course, a couple, day, a couple months later, uh, you know, 9-11 happened and it changed everything. I, I think the events on the ground right now, Brian, um, 
are chaotic and that when things are chaotic in our personal lives and certainly uh, uh, around the country, around the world, it, it may, it's a good time to kind of take a, take a moment in the military. They say, take a knee uh, and contemplate what's actually happening and what's going on. And right yeah. now the, the situation as it stands is there uh, we are trying to evacuate uh, a number of American citizens uh, uh, out over well over a thousand at least that we know of. In addition to, uh, honestly, I'd say it's more well north of a hundred thousand that have not even been evacuated yet from the airport. The challenge is is one getting enough planes to the airport in a secure way. But the airport shut down today because there's increasing threats of massive uh, terrorist attacks, uh, as well as getting people from various points in Kabul, especially into the airport. So it's a two-part problem uh, that's important to solve uh, that I'm happy to talk more about, but I, I would just caution the listeners to be careful about viewing it only as an air evacuation uh, uh, crisis. It's also a humanitarian crisis of just getting to the airport without being killed or taken advantage of. Yeah. I think there's often times when we look at something from an earthly perspective and we think to ourselves, how in the world a, did this happen? And B, um, can it be, I don't necessarily like this term, but I'm going to use it anyway. How can it be salvaged? Or maybe a better term, how can it be redeemed? Because so many have given so much already for it. And so that's a reminder when we often talk about in this show that we put our hope mm-hmm. not in chariots or horses, but we put our trust in the name of the Lord, our God, and he's able to do more than we can uh, ask or imagine. But certainly we, God uses humans, God uses people. And so I'm sure that we could spend a lot of time talking about the tactical aspects in that, but I, I really want to make a shift if I can. You mentioned already since, you know, many people, there are generations of men and women, you know, who have dedicated their lives over the last 20 years. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, Dennis and I both looked younger, right? And maybe even better. I mean, there, there's a lot of changes. <laughs> we all remember where we were if we were alive and cognizant on that day. Yep. On 9-11 in 2001, it changed everything. And it began to change the identity of people, both in our yep. country and around the world. And talk about how an individual who's spent the last 20 years of their life uh, focusing uh, in this area or so mm-hmm. much of their life and identity has been shaped by this. And now over these last uh, seemingly months or so, uh, it seems, again, it seems there's a whole lot that Jesus might be doing that we don't understand or notice it seems that a lot of that just has unraveled and uh, seems yeah. to be for not. Talk about how they might be feeling right now. Well, a big question I've heard uh, pinging around veterans community is frankly uh, around the country. Uh, you don't have to have served to have honestly asked this question of yourself, which is, was it all worth it? Mm. Right. What do we just do for 20 years? You know, and it's, I, I think this is what so many veterans, especially, but, really Americans as a whole uh, viewed as the good war, right? Iraq was a bad war, right? Whether you, whether you believe that or not, that's kind of how it was labeled. And Afghanistan was a good war, right? We went in there to take out the dudes that knocked, knocked down our towers, attacked the Pentagon, uh, tried to do more, right? Like Flight 93 that crashed in Pennsylvania was, was headed towards the Capitol. Um, and we went to go take those guys out and ensure that never happened again. Um, when I went to Georgetown, they had a saying that said one of the first things they taught us, which is uh, being a good policymaker is about choosing the least bad option. 
So in the news media, uh, there there's this kind of perception in the general public that you know people are stupid and there was a good option and they were just too dumb to understand it. Well, I mean, usually, regardless of what party you support or agree with, like they're generally pretty cognizant of most options. They just chose, you know, what they viewed as the least bad option. Um, now you can disagree with their you can disagree with that choice. But usually what I what I try to look for is the logic behind that. And I think that's yeah. what people are really struggling with right now is the feeling that your, your earlier question about where do we go from here? Is this salvageable? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, it doesn't look very good, Brian. Um, it not not just from the humanitarian aspect, but um, the challenge of reasserting ourselves, even if we have to. Right. I think the Taliban had made a deal with the government, the U.S. Yeah. government to allow a safe passage up till the 31st. That's why the president is, is like, has an ironclad commitment to getting out before the 31st. The U.S. military and whoever we can get out. And then I think the walls are coming down. Whoever is in yeah. the country then is, uh, I think we need to be, we need to be, we need to frankly start praying for now. So, you know, one of the things that you just mentioned is choosing from the least bad option. And while this may not be a great analogy, if the last 18 to 20 months of COVID has taught our country anything mm-hmm. is sometimes um, you're choosing the best of two bad options. And I right. know as a leader, I know as someone who certainly mm-hmm. never dealt with what we're talking about here, but dealt with my own things. Uh, sure. There's nothing more uh, str- that would make me struggle when I realized that there is no good choice. Uh, mm-hmm. And that in fact, uh, in a decision that I make, number one, I know that people aren't going to like it. They're going to get hurt, but you know, yeah. I'm trying to hear from God that like, this is a better of those options. And so, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of, of uh, difficulty that comes out of it. In fact, you know, what can happen many times is we become people uh, from our hurt and from our pain and our pain is real. Our hurt is real mm-hmm. that we begin to finger point a lot. And uh, it, it's a very natural reaction. And I think there is a time and there's a place for looking at what has happened, what is happening and to, 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 to look at that. But, but now mm-hmm. as believers in Christ, um, how do we live in a way and act in a way to have conversations um, that not only deal with the reality of what's going on, but also honors God and helps move forward, if possible, toward a sense of healing? Well, I think we have to start understanding where we were placing our trust to begin with. Uh, mm, that yeah. the, the proverb that Dennis mentioned at the outset you know, it's always been a favorite of mine, um, not because it's very popular, but because, man, like I, I'm like the, uh, the, the um, blind, the, the broken clock that is right uh, twice a day, right? I, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to, uh, I tend to stumble into things, um, usually what God's trying to show me, uh, despite myself. Yeah. And uh, I think whether it's Afghanistan, leading a church, uh, or leading, trying to lead our families, I think it's very, very difficult for us to rely on the Lord and really have our heads up enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, at not, not being in the buried in the sand, but up enough and looking around to be aware of what God's doing in our lives, what God's doing in, in our city um, and what God's doing in the country and the world. And I think Afghanistan is very, very difficult because a lot of us thought uh, one of the great things that I believe personally makes our country great is I'm a big believer in what, you might have heard called this American exceptionalism. I do believe yes. that our country, uh, whether you're an atheist or you're the most, you know, you're in the, the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt in the South, uh, I believe that, you know, our country is uh, unique and different politically, 
um, as well as the nature of its people. Mm-hmm. Not that we're special, more special than a German or a Greek or a Chinese person, but we have the opportunity because of our 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 uh, political makeup, our government, and our economy to really uh, help other people who can't help themselves in, uh, internationally. And so I think yeah. what's so hard for so many people, to your point, is when you see such a catastrophic failure, and that's how I would characterize it in Afghanistan. Um, yeah, it wasn't going well. Um, public public polling, as the yeah. president said, showed that you know the country most Americans wanted wanted to get out of Afghanistan. But you know the data also showed that most Americans had forgotten we were in, even in there to begin with. Yeah, uh, so, a lot of things in there. Yeah, that we that we don't understand, right? I, to, right? to paraphrase a version of something C.S. Lewis said, we all he said we all think forgiveness is a good idea or a lovely idea until we have something to forgive. To yeah, put it well to Proverbs said. chapter three, we all think leaning not on our own understanding is a lovely idea until we're put in a place that we don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Right. And, and how do we do that? And, there, and there's still so much in this that, that we don't understand. I do mm. want to take for a moment though, to talk specifically about how we can be people who uh, the people around us. Right. So again, there's a probably a whole lot of conversation we have about how we could affect, you know, what's happening on the other side of the world, but many of us don't have to go to the side of the world to make an impact. We can go right door to our yeah. next door neighbor, someone else we're in church with or someone we work with who's doing that. How are some practical ways that you would advise that, that our listeners would, would engage with people who are dealing with the hurt and the pain, not from an abstract way, but from a very real personal way of what's happened. What would you encourage them to do? And maybe even not do. Well, practical ways involve us actually thinking about what we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think with veterans, with anyone who's frankly, anyone who's grieving in, in this uh, situation, um, Brian, you know, this as a pastor, um, the first thing you have to do is actually see the person, right? Like you, you can't get prescriptive. And I think this is why in many cases, veterans now view the term, thank you for your service, almost euphemistically. Like it's almost mm. like a throwaway line. It's not the people when they say it, like, you know, are being disingenuous, but it's almost like a, um, you know, you know, like when people throw money at a problem, they're not really thinking yeah. about it. They're just trying to kind of, hey, I did my part. Now, now that that's all done, I can go on with going, on, go on with my own life. And I think what what people, especially people struggling with what you know we're seeing in Afghanistan, need to hear and 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 understand is that people will see them. There are no right answers. There are no cliches I can give you or any of the listeners mm-hmm. the of things to say. But I think the biggest thing is. People just want someone to talk to. I, you know, I had a, a um, I just got back from California on a flight and uh, on the plane, I had the luxury of being able to actively text with people. And uh, I texted with a, a friend of mine who was a, a member of uh, the, um, he was an army green beret and spent years in Iraq and Afghanistan. And he, he told me that he had a conversation with a Vietnam veteran just, and they started talking about, what they were seeing in Afghanistan. He said, both of them burst into tears. Mm. And it, and it dawned on me, I was like, you know what? People just need someone to talk to. And there's no resource in terms of like, hey, go to this website and donate or go to this website. And uh, there's so many veterans in this country, Brian, you don't have to look far. Just go on Facebook. I guarantee yeah. you, if you don't have one in your family, one of your friends does and just say, hey, I'd love to, you, do you mind if I talk to this person? I'd just like yeah. to hear how, how, how do they view this? You know, what do mm-hmm. they think about Afghanistan and the emotions and the feelings and the, 
frustration, uh, the hope in some cases will come mm-hmm. pouring out. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's some good parts and some bad parts in the book of Job and Job's friends. The best <laughs> yeah. part is when they showed up in his pain and just sat there and listened. Yeah. And then they, then they yeah. create some problems, but I think there's mm-hmm. some good, good examples in there for us that sometimes um, they would just sit, listen, listen, not to respond, listen, to understand, yeah. listen, to hear and, and those sort of things. Uh, you know, this Afghanistan uh, scenario is such a large one. We've actually done a show already about how to, to help refugees because we have that issue as well. And to remind their listeners of that show, uh, you can go to the link <clears throat> oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans. That's forward slash mm-hmm. Afghans at oneheartdc.org. Find out more. You can even go to uh, one of the government websites they set up. Uh, it's at .acf.hhs.gov. And there's a whole lot of things behind it that are mapped there, but we're hopefully going to have that connected to our podcast because we don't want to forget them as well in that. But we really are just kind of focusing here on, on this side of the water and the impact that it's having today on the show. And so in the last several minutes or so, um, you know, obviously you've given some very practical ways, just sit down and listen, just reach out in that way. Um, you know, what would you give as a word of encouragement? Our listeners need encouragement. What would you speak into their lives, whether they're a veteran connected to a veteran or there's someone who just, I don't, God, I don't understand where they're, how would you encourage them today? I think to remind them, uh, much like the, the, uh, the proverb says that God, God's not only in control, God is also sovereign. And when, when we talk about the sovereignty of the Lord, what that means is not just that, you know, it's not just a Jesus take the wheel scenario. It's really saying and under understanding that um, the Lord has a reason and a purpose for everything. Nothing catches mm-hmm. him to include a surprise withdrawal uh, from Afghanistan. Nothing catches him off guard. Uh, and while we are exposed to the, the feelings of loss and pain and suffering that come from you know, these worldly events, you know, the Lord is able to shake that. He gives us free will, right, to live our lives, right? We're not robots. Um, but the Lord is able to shake those circumstances, even, you know, the Taliban taking over again. I can't believe we're saying this, right, mm-hmm. that 20 years later, right, the, the Taliban are taking over Afghanistan. The Lord is going to use that for his purposes and for mm-hmm. his glory. Yeah. You know, there's that verse that we often talk about in Romans chapter 8 that I don't, I don't use this disparagingly or even uh, tritely, but I often joke about it and call it the lemonade out of lemons verse. Mm. God works all things together for his good. It doesn't mean he brings the evil. It doesn't mean he initiates the pain, but he, he, he means this, that he doesn't waste the pain. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope that we have in the midst of this, that there's so much we don't understand on so many different ways, but his promise to those of us who have a relationship with him is that he won't waste the pain. And our message to the world in the midst of pain, as we listen and we gain the right to speak after listening, is that if they don't have a relationship with mm. Jesus Christ, the good news is, is that they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he will not waste the pain. Mm. So Stephen, thanks. Uh, we often talk about this would be some of the fastest time we ever do during the week. And uh, you know, we find ourselves near the end already of our time together. But I just want to thank you for your heart, for uh, for our service people, men and women, for serving so well and faithfully and encouraging us uh, to do that. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like, again, I could be saying something tritely like, thank you for your service, but from our heart uh, deeply. Uh, even shows like this today that we're able to do on radio are because so many people have sure. faithfully given them and sacrificed. Uh, so we have the freedom. So we appreciate your time today on the show today. Dennis, 
man, one of those days again where I just feel like we could talk forever. Yeah, we, um, yeah, Stephen, uh, we always, Brian and I do always joke, this is the fastest 24 minutes of our lives. So uh, we do want to say thank you again. God bless you, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the information you've given us. You've given us a lot to think about and talk about. And so we will certainly do that. Uh, Folks, if you want more information, please go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can listen to the show again. Um, You can get in contact with, I can get you in contact. Brian and I can get you in contact with, with Stephen. And I'm sure he can give you some resources and help even more. You can always call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Hey, folks, thank you all. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes the way. God bless you all. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes the way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart D.C., This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.